Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. We got a lot of NFL football to go over today. We have a lot of football topics to go over today. Obviously, we're going to talk about the AFC North playoff picture, and that's exactly what I want to start with. I'm going to start with what has stood out to me as in uh, so far in sports today. And I want to talk about the NFL playoff picture. Obviously, we all know the, AF, the, the NFL playoff picture is clearing up more and more and more and more. Obviously, in the AFC, the Chiefs are the number one seed. The Buffalo Bills are the number two seed. As it pertains to the Pittsburgh Steelers, just unbelievably somehow losing to the Cincinnati Bengals this past Monday night, which I'm not surprised by. Pittsburgh drops to the three seed because the Bills beat them last Sunday night. Tennessee is the four seed because they're obviously they're leading in the AFC South. The Browns are the five seed. Colts are the six seed. Dolphins are the seven seed, and the Ravens and the Raiders are both still on the outside, contending for playoff spots. Now let's move to the NFC. The in the NFC. Packers are the number one seed, Saints are the number two seed. Packers overtake the Saints because the Packers beat the Saints earlier in the season. Seahawks lead the NFC West, and they're, and they're, the, number, they're the number three seed. Right now, the Washington football team are the, are, the, are the four seed. They lead the NFC They lead the NFC East as of right now. The Los Angeles Rams are the five seed because of their just – Unexplainable loss to the to the now one win New York Jets. How that even happened, I will never ever know. But it's any given Sunday. What can you say? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are obviously the sixth seed because the Rams are the five seed because the because the Rams beat the Bucks earlier this season on Monday Night Football, and the Cardinals with Kyler Murray are the seventh spot or or are in the seventh spot. So that is your current. NFL playoff pictures of both the AFC and NFC. But I want to talk about this real quick. I want to talk about two teams in the playoffs or probably maybe three or four teams in the playoffs, in my opinion, that are probably the most dangerous. I'm going to start in the AFC real quick. I believe the two teams in the AFC that are probably the most dangerous teams in the in the playoff picture right now heading into the playoffs are the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. And I say that for this reason. Tennessee and Baltimore have the number one and number two rushing attacks in the NFL. Baltimore number one, Tennessee number two. Baltimore is ranked eighth in the NFL in points per game at 28.8 points per game. Tennessee is tied with the Kansas City Chiefs for the league lead in points per game offensively at 31.1. So for me, anybody that says that Kansas City or that Tennessee and Baltimore would not be able to hang with Kansas City as far as putting up points, it's not so much about outscoring Kansas City. It's about when you it's about when you put up points with Kansas City, it's about sticking to who you are game plan wise. And if Kansas and if Tennessee can stick to who they are, and not only this, the and and also also think about this too. 
If I'm not mistaken, the Tennessee Titans are the number one. I actually know they are. The Tennessee Titans are the number one team in the league in turnover margin. Again, I'm going to say this again. The Tennessee Titans are the number one team in the league in turnover margin, meaning they don't turn a damn ball over. Okay? They have they have they have very good perimeter weapons and Johnu Smith, Michael Pruitt at Johnu Smith and Michael Pruitt at the tight end positions, Corey Davis and AJ Brown at the receivers positions, Cameron Baston in the slot, and then you got King Henry in the backfield ready to stick ready to use his fatality stiff arm on somebody like he like he was a motor like he like he was something created out of a, out of a Mortal Kombat video game like. Like li- literally, and I really mean this. At this point, Derrick Henry's fa- Derrick Henry's fatality is his stiff arm. That 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 that's Derrick Henry's fatality. Stiff arm. If you get stiff armed, it's over. If it, if Derrick Henry stiffs arms you, if Der- if Derrick Henry stiff arms you, it's a wrap. It's over. You finished. It's over. Derrick Henry wins. You know. But bottom line is this. Now I will I will admit this about Tennessee. Tennessee's best corner right now is Malcolm Butler. Obviously, at some point they're going to get a Dory Jackson back. They have Kenny Vaccaro on the back end. But the other thing about Tennessee is they don't have a pass rush. But here's the positive: like I said before, offensively, the one positive that or the two positives that that Tennessee has is that, like I said before. They lead, they, they're tied for the league lead in points. And they have the number one rushing attack in the NFL. And one of the main things that you have to have come playoff time is a running game. And Tennessee has that. And not only does Tennessee have that, but like I said before, they have the perimeter weapons to hang with Kansas City for a for. Probably about probably about eighty five to ninety percent of this game, but again, it's going to come down to Derrick Henry and them and Tennessee being able to run the football. But I believe if Tennessee gets in, they will be a legitimate problem for the Kansas City Chiefs. Next up, I want to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Like I said before, uh, the Baltimore Ravens average 28.8 points a game. That's eighth in the National Football League, and they're ranked number one in the league in rushing. Like I said before, and I'm going to say it again, it, it, it's, not about, it's not about outscoring Kansas City or trying to keep up with Kansas City in points. It's simply about patience and not panicking. You can, you can keep up with Kansas City, but you have to keep up with Kansas City playing your style of football. I said this. I said this about Tennessee. Tennessee, and I'm going to say the same thing about Baltimore. Bottom line is, at the end of the day, and here's the other thing about Baltimore. Baltimore ranks, if I'm not mistaken, they rank in the top ten in third down conversion percentage on offense, meaning. Meaning that more than likely, if the Ravens get in third down territory on offense, it's going to be difficult for that Chiefs defense to stop them and get off the field. And that's another thing about about teams who play Kansas City. You got to be able to convert on third down against the Chiefs. So, and then on top of that, like I said before, Lamar Jackson is the X factor in all of this. 
if Lamar Jackson just play his plays his style of football, he doesn't try to go outside the box of being who he is. If Lamar Jackson plays to the level that he's capable of playing, and the Ravens play their style of football, physical, in your face, time of possession, pounding the football down your throat, and then taking that deep shot with Hollywood when you have a chance to, or taking that deep, or, or taking that. Taking that deep shot with Devin DuVernay when you have to, or hitting Mark Andrews down the seams when you have to, take it. If it's there, take it. And here's the other thing about Baltimore. Baltimore's defense, in my opinion, with Wink Martindale and obviously Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, and then the, and then the front seven with Calais Campbell, Matthew Judon, Yannick Ngakwe, Justin Matabuki, Broderick Washington, Patrick Queen in the middle of that linebacking core the, the Ravens I believe have the defense to not stop Patrick Mahomes but contain him not stop him but contain him if I'm not mistaken I looked up a stat the other day that talked about uh, that 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 said that the Ravens were in the top 10 in third down defense so more than likely more than likely and then also also, I looked up a stat that that showed that the Kansas City Chiefs are in the middle of the pack as far as third down conversion percentage on offense. So, in reality, more times than not, if you have the Ravens defense against the Chiefs offense on third down, the Chiefs, more times than not, it's like, okay, they'll convert one third down, but then they'll miss another. But then the, but then the Ravens are so good defensively on third down that that them converting them, them stopping them stopping the Chiefs offensively on third down is more than likely 80, 85, 90%. Then the Chiefs are converting third downs on offense, which is around 50%, because they're ranked 15th in the league, middle of the pack. So again, like I said before, the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens, to me, are the two teams in the AFC that can legitimately give the Kansas City Chiefs problems. They can run the hell out of the football. They can pound the they, they can pound the hell out of the rock, and both of these teams can really make things difficult for the Kansas City Chiefs as far as getting Kansas City out of their game. Now, like I said before, I trust I trust Baltimore's defense more than I do Tennessee's. I trust Tennessee's offense more perimeter weapon-wise than I do the Ravens. But bottom line is, at the end of the day, if Baltimore and Tennessee can could get Kansas City to play physical football, Baltimore and Tennessee both have very good chances to beat Kansas City at the end of the day. So um, next up, I want to move to the NFC very quickly. I believe the two the two most difficult or the two most dangerous teams in the in the NFC. One is the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, the raw. Me personally, I, I love the Rams. Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby coming into his own. And the Rams can pound the hell out of the football. Malcolm Brown, Cameron Akers had the best game of his career against the New England Patriots a couple Thursday nights ago where he rushed for 
to where he rushed 23 times for 171 yards. And then, like, and then, like I said before, Jared Goff is one of the best deep ball throws in the NFL. But then, now you got to factor in that Rams defense, obviously, with Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Leonard Floyd, then Jalen Ramsey on the back end of that defense in the secondary. I believe the Rams can legitimately make it to the Super Bowl if Jared Goff does not become a turnover machine. If Jared Goff does not become a turnover machine and Jared Goff plays sound and plays fundamentally within that Rams offense and the Rams run the football, I believe the Rams can 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 possibly knock off Green Bay in the NFC playoff picture. And I believe they would have a legitimate chance to get to the Super Bowl and possibly win it. If I had to pick a, another team in the NFC, uh, it's it's kind of difficult, but if I had to pick one, I would probably I would I'd probably go with Tampa Bay. And I say I'll probably go with Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is still trying to find themselves. But I honestly believe once they figure out that they need to run the football with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette in the backfield, that's going to make Tom Brady's job a hell of a lot easier. And that's going to make the defense's job a hell of a lot more difficult because not only are you running the football with Leonard with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, but now you bring that safety into the box. Now you got to deal with a Mike Evans, a Chris Godwin, a Cameron Bray, a Rob Gronkowski, and an Antonio Brown. Everything does not revolve around the passing game. More times than not, you're going to have to play balanced football in order to to, in order to eventually win a championship. And right now, Tampa Bay does not know who they are. They don't know who they are. But I true. And then on top of that, Tampa Bay is too talented defensively outside of the fact that they do need another corner, a shutdown corner. Tampa Bay is too damn talented offensively not to, re- not to come up with an identity of who they are. Run the, if they run the football, if they run the football, their passing game will come. But they got to run the football first and stop leaving your defense out there on the foot on the field so damn long. Because it doesn't matter how good your defense is, if your offense continues to either turn the ball over or have have 30-second to 20-second drives, it doesn't matter if you have JPP or Shaq Barrett or Vita Vea or Indomitian Sue on that defense, or Devontae, or, or Devin White, or Levante David, your defense is eventually going to get tired. So, if the, so, like I, so, those are my two teams in the NFC that I believe could be very dangerous come playoff time: the Bucks and the Rams. In the NFC, Bucks and Rams. In the AFC, Ravens Titans. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you why Jalen Hurts is the future of the Philadelphia Eagles and what team I believe is the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC playoff picture and also coming up another edition of my top three most interesting games for week 16 in the NFL stay tuned all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the show I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and I want to talk about rookie starting quarterback Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts, obviously we all know last Sunday the Philadelphia Eagles lost a very, very disappointing game 
to the Arizona Cardinals, a game that if the Philadelphia Eagles do not win the next two games, could have them missing the playoffs and missing out on a NFC East championship. In my opinion, and this is just me, even if Jalen Hurts does not lead the Philadelphia Eagles to the playoffs or even to the NFC East title, even if that does not happen, Jalen Hurts is the future of the Philadelphia Eagles franchise. And I'm not surprised by this one bit, and I say I'm not surprised by that by this one bit for this reason. The moment the Philadelphia Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, that was the moment that Carson Carson Wentz's days as a Philadelphia Eagles starter was numbered. That was the moment that that was the moment that that the Philadelphia Eagles could not go back to. They they once you draft once you drafted Jalen Hurts, you can't go back after that. You you cannot go back. Now, if Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles do win the NFC East, which I believe is going to happen, and I'm going to give you the actual scenario as to what I believe is going to happen in a minute. Like I said before, the Philadelphia Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts for a reason. Philadelphia would not have drafted Jalen Hurts if they did not believe if they did not believe that he had something in him that says franchise quarterback. Now, like I said before, here's what I honestly believe is going to happen with the Philadelphia Eagles. I've been riding the Philadelphia Eagles wagon as far as winning the NFC East all year, and I'm not getting off of it now. Here's what I honestly believe is going to happen. The Philadelphia Eagles will will beat the Dallas Cowboys. If the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys are out of the NFC East picture. If my Baltimore Ravens beat the New York Giants, the New York Giants are out of the NFC East playoff picture. If the Carolina Panthers beat the Washington football team this Sunday and the Philadelphia Eagles knock off the Dallas Cowboys, then week 17 will be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team fighting for the NFC East Championship in Week 17 and fighting for a playoff spot. That's what I. That's what I honestly believe is going to happen. Baltimore is going to beat the Giants. Philly's going to beat Dallas. Carolina's going to lose to. I mean, Washington's going to lose to Carolina, and then Week 17, Philadelphia and Washington will fight it out for the NFC East Championship and a spot in the playoffs. That's what I believe is going to happen. You never, ever know. Again, that's why they play the games. But, again, you got to really look at this thing entirely. Jalen Hurts has brought a very, he's brought a different feel to this football team, just like Lamar Jackson did when he eventually took over for Joe Flacco. Jalen Hurts has brought a different energy to this football team that you really just cannot explain. And I watched Jalen Hurts against the Arizona Cardinals this past Sunday. And here's the thing about Jalen Hurts that a lot of you people out there need to realize. Jalen Hurts playing this way does not surprise me. And I say that for this reason. Jalen Hurts played played for 
the best program in college football right now with Nick Saban at the University of Alabama. He's been in conference championship games. He's played in national championship games. Then when his backup Tua Tagovailoa took his took over took his spot in the second half of the national championship game 2 years ago, he transfers to Oklahoma and puts up a, and puts up and puts up a Heisman trophy type season and comes into the NFL and pretty much is doing the same thing in the NFL that he did in college. So again, Jalen Hurts playing this way, playing in the play, playing playing in these in these in these in these big time level type games in the NFL and him playing this way is not a surprise to me because he did it in college. Just like with Tua. Just like with Tua. The way Tua's playing right now, Tua had a little slip up against Denver, but it happens. Tua playing the way that he's playing right now does not surprise me. Why? Because Tua's played in so Tua played in so many big games in college that once you get to the NFL, it's not surprising. And not only that, Jalen Hurts has the poise to play the quarterback position. Nothing, nothing, nothing phases him. Pressure does not phase him. Just like Tua. Pressure does not phase Tua. So bottom line is at the end of the day, and and the and the thing with Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz can't stay healthy. So the fact that Carson Wentz can't stay healthy, and then on top of that, Carson Wentz has been playing like crap for most of this season. And then on top of that, he also has to get over a psychological hurdle that not only do I have to lead my team to the playoffs or prove that I can lead my team to the playoffs again, but I have to prove that I can lead my team to a championship. Because if I don't, then it's going to continue to haunt Carson Wentz that, okay, I was never able to lead Philadelphia to a championship, but my backup did. So it's not just a physical hurdle that Carson Wentz has to get over. It's a psychological hurdle that he has to get over now. And and it's just at the point where now this is the second time in Carson Wentz's career that not only has he shown that he's injury prone, but you have your backup coming in playing better than you and the team and the team is buying into the backup more than they are you and now the backup is going to end up possibly doing the same thing that your previous backup and Nick Foles did which is leading the team to the playoffs just like Nick Foles did in 2017 now I will admit if it wasn't for Carson Wentz the Philadelphia Eagles don't get that number one seed which is very very true but at the end of the day like I said before Carson Wentz until he until he proves that he can get the until he proves that whether it be in Philadelphia, which it more than likely won't be, or somewhere else, he until he gets over that psychological hurdle and that physical hurdle too of him staying healthy, until he gets over that psychological hurdle of of proving that he can lead his team not only to a playoff win but to a championship, that is going to continue to heart cut continue to haunt Carson Wentz and that is not going to go away it's it's not going to go away so bottom line is this man Jalen Hurts whether he leads Philadelphia to this uh, to the NFC East championship or not 
Jalen Hurts, he's the future of that franchise. He balled his ass off against Arizona. Played very, very well in that game. Played very, very well the previous week against the against the Saints. So, Jalen Hurts, continue to keep doing what you're doing, dude. I'm happy for you, and I can't and I cannot wait to see you play again over the next couple of weeks, and hopefully in the playoffs. But next up, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe, like I said before, I believe the two biggest threats, and I said this earlier on in the show. The two biggest threats to the to the Kansas City Chiefs are the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. If I had to pick one of those two teams that I believe is the bigger threat to Kansas City, I think it's the Baltimore Ravens. Now, like now, a lot of people are probably thinking, why in the hell are you picking Baltimore? You're just saying that because you're a homer. You're just saying that because you're a diehard Ravens fan. Here's why I say this, okay? Like I said before, the Baltimore Ravens rank eighth in the league in points per game offensively at 28.8 points per game. The, the, the game-winning drive that Lamar Jackson had against the Cleveland Browns may have, may have actually flipped the switch for not only Lamar Jackson but this football team in general. The Baltimore Ravens, better than anybody in the NFL, can do the one thing that a lot of other teams in the league can't do. Or if they can do, it's it's probably very, very, it's probably very, very little or very limited. The Baltimore Ravens can suffocate, can't could, in my opinion, can suffocate Kansas City on the offensive side of the football, meaning that Obviously, like I mentioned before, the Baltimore Ravens have the number one rushing attack in the league. And I said this before earlier on in the show. If the Baltimore Ravens do not get away from who they are and they run the football and they pound the hell out of the rock, that is going to benefit the Ravens defense very, very well. And also, like I mentioned before, Baltimore has the secondary to keep up with Kansas City, in my opinion. And with Wink Martindale having the mentality of being able to blitz and get after you so much, it's going to get to a point where where Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, and here's the thing about Kansas City. I don't hate the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't hate them at all. I do not hate them. They are very, very good. They are a very good football team. But it's going to get to a point where they're going to run up against a team that is going to catch them off guard. They're gonna they're going to run up against that team at some point. But back to back to the Ravens. I believe the Baltimore Ravens have the defense to contain Kansas City. Kansas City, Kansas City ranks, if I'm not mistaken, Kansas City ranks in the bottom ten in the league in red zone offense. That's not good. That is not good. That 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 that's just that's not good, man. And the best way to con- the best way to contain Kansas City, keep them out of the end zone, keep them out of the end zone. And the ball and the fact that the Baltimore Ravens are ranked tenth in the NFL, or ranked in the top ten in the NFL in in third down defense, that's huge. That would that's a huge that's a huge factor. 
in in the Baltimore Ravens being able to contain Kansas City. And like I mentioned before, Tennessee factors into this too. So bottom line is this, man, and I said this before in the first segment, Tennessee and Baltimore are the two teams in the AFC that are that in my opinion are the biggest threat. I know it sounds like I'm repeating what I said earlier, but I really truly believe that those two teams are the are the are the biggest threats to the Kansas City Chiefs. But next up, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna give you my top three most interesting games of week sixteen in the NFL. My number three most interesting game of week 16, the Tennessee Titans at the Green Bay Packers. The Tennessee Titans, like, I, like I've mentioned a bunch of times before in the show already, have the number two ranked rushing offense in the NFL. Green Bay struggles to stop the run. If I'm not mistaken, I looked up a stat that said that the Green Bay Packers are 11th in the league in run defense. Uh, I, 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 that, that, that's not... That's not bad, but it's it's not great neither. So I believe this game will fall on Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. I believe the game will be physical, but at the same time, I believe both teams will put up points. And this game also factors into Tennessee hanging on to their AFC South lead and Green Bay holding on to the, to the number one seed in the NFC. Tennessee wins this game 35-32. Next up, it... Um, my number two most interesting game of week 16 in the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh needs to right the, right the, right the last three wrongs that they've had over the last three weeks. And they need to get back to playing Pittsburgh Steelers football. And Indianapolis needs to win this game to hold on to not only their playoff spot, but try to hold, try to stay with Tennessee to try to possibly win the AFC South. I believe Pittsburgh will get right, and Pittsburgh has to win this game. Pittsburgh wins this game 31-16. to And also, in my opinion, Pittsburgh needs, to win, Pittsburgh needs to win this game to keep themselves from falling from the two-seed all the way to the four-seed. And my number one most interesting game of Week 16 in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Dallas Cowboys. Philadelphia needs to win this game to stay in the AFC, to stay in the NFC East race with Washington, along with them needing Carolina to beat Washington. I believe this game will be close. Neither team's defense, as far as points allowed, is really that good. Neither team's offense is really that explosive, meaning that this could possibly be a high scoring game. And I believe the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys, and knock the Cowboys out of the NFC East picture. Philadelphia wins 33-30. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. The year 2014. Why do I bring up the year 2014? I bring up the year 2014 because that is the year that the Dallas Cowboys took on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in the 2014 NFC Divisional Round playoff game. And we all know the the famous the famous catch then ruled 
a non-catch by, by now Baltimore Raven, Des Bryant. And we all know the Green Bay Packers obviously went on to win that game and played the Seattle Seahawks in one of the greatest NFC championship games or conference championship games ever in the history of, of pro football. But I bring a what I bring I bring a what if scenario to you. What if that catch that 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 non catch that that was ruled by the referees actually actually would have stood as a catch, and the Dallas Cowboys actually go go on to score a touchdown, and they actually hang on and win that game. Then that means that the following week they would have gone on to play the Seattle Seahawks. In that in that in in that NFC Championship game, Tony Romo, DeMarco Murray, Des Bryant, Jason Witten, Terrence Williams at the receiver, Terrence Williams at the slot receiver position. How would that Dallas Cowboys team have matched up against the Seattle Seahawks in that NFC Championship game? Would Dallas have actually gone on to beat Seattle in Seattle in that game? Or would Seattle have done what they originally did and and beat Dallas just like they went on to beat Green Bay? Or would Dallas's running game with DeMarco Murray have made it more difficult for Seattle to try to hang in the game defensively to the point where their offense would have been able to put up points? Because if you go back and you watch that game, Russell Wilson played like hot, hot ass garbage for for a good two and a half to three quarters of that NFC Championship game against Green Bay. So imagine if the Dallas Cowboys would have would have won that game and beat Green Bay, and Dallas would have went into Green. Dallas would have went into Seattle with their with those perimeter weapons. With like I said before, with Jason Witten, who was coming up on the end of his career by then, but he's still playing now. How? I do not know, but he still is. With Jason Witten at tight end, Des Bryant, who, who by the way, Des Bryant was Des Bryant back then. Like, And obviously, Des Bryant would have been matched up with Richard Sherman, but still, you guys get my point. How do you guys think that game would have turned out if Dallas would have beaten Green Bay and then gone on to play Seattle in the NFC Championship game. Does that would do you think Dallas would have had a shot to win that game, or do you think Seattle goes on to win that game like they originally did against Green Bay? Again, ladies and gentlemen, that's why I bring you this what if scenario because you never ever know what could have happened. That's why this is what if. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host Jared Dawkins. I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday. Thank you so much for listening. Be safe. Continue to wear your mask. I'm out. Peace.